Hello and welcome to a drive-in double feature podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm Ryan. And this is the podcast where we talk about two movies a week every Tuesday and Thursday. And today we're talking about 1985's Trouble in Mind, uh, directed by Alan Rudolph. It's a wacky, weird, noir film. Uh, yeah, I, there, it stars Chris Christopherson. It has Divine in it in a non-drag role. Uh, Joe Morton shows up. The guy from the brother from another planet. So yeah. it's got kind of varied cast. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It's very different. How did you feel about it? I I kind of feel like I need to give this movie a second watch right away. And yeah. I I mean I I didn't. I don't know how I feel about it. Honestly, I mean it's I I don't have strong feelings for it but at the same time there's a lot of stuff in there that's resting in my head so um it's it it really is kind of really difficult to describe i mean it's kind of like a neo-noir kind of ish yeah it's it's like if you made a really cheap indie version of Blade Runner but it doesn't have like any sci-fi like android elements it's very based in human but it it has like a weird future vibe to it, like funky haircuts, weird costumes. This movie is, it's supposed to be set in the future, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's set in the future. Uh, it's in a town called Rain City. You know, it's kind of foggy. It's basically just Seattle. But uh, yeah, it, it's like set in the future. But it really, it's hard to tell. Like it feels like it was made kind of on, it was definitely made on a budget and it, and it uses that to its advantage, I say. I really like this movie. I actually did. I, I thought it was really, it has its weirdness to it. And I think it, it really has a tone all its own that I really liked about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't bored. I can tell you that. It was <laughs> yeah. not a boring movie. Um, it's just kind of like one of those, like kind of like what we talked about with Velvet Vampire, where it was like, I feel like I didn't, I didn't give it a fair enough shot and I'm like, I definitely need to give this like a rewatch kind of. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. And, and it never got like a physical release until very recently, you know, it went in the theater left. It got, it got good reviews critically at the time, but I just don't think a lot of people saw it and it just kind of faded away. And then I, I believe it was arrow did a release of it not long ago. And it's uh and it's it's definitely got a reappraisal. That's how I learned about it. I, I saw it pop up. A few people talk about it. What got you interested in this movie? Like, what made you pick it? Um, I I don't know. It's just something about the concept of it. It was a futuristic noir film. Chris Christopherson is someone I've never really watched before, but he interests me as an actor because he always picks weird, like he picks interesting movies. I don't know. I always like detective movies. If you can't tell, you know, a while ago we did Cop and I really liked Cop. Detective stories have always like had some kind of interest to me. So I don't know. It just, uh, it worked out, right? (laughs) Well, that's why you love cops so much. Yeah, I know. I'm a big cop head, as a as we call it. Um, that's that's what cop. That's what you cop fans call each other, cop heads. Yeah, yeah. Me and like one other person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, so this movie is really weird with 
one thing that kind of caught me off guard is that our main characters, um, Chris Christopherson and Keith Carradine, are like awful people. Neither of them are very good. Like our main characters that we have to follow are very flawed. Yeah, I mean, Chris Christopherson, he kind of shows up after being away out of town for like a really long time. And everyone's like, oh, you're back and Mm -hmm. type of thing. And he runs into Wanda, who's a diner owner. And he's kind of like, he brings her, you know, she lets him stay at her her place, like run out of room. And then she comes upstairs and then he just kind of forces himself onto her. And Mm -hmm. she's like, no, 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 I I don't. makes it very clear that she does not want to do this and he's just like hey you for old time's sake let's just do it and you know she's still saying no and afterwards she's still not happy that it happened at all yeah yeah and she's like well i'll give i give you a free pass on this one but never ever do that to me again and so this is what i thought was cool about this movie so we have our main characters and they both have like women in their life. There's like two central women characters and it shows a lot of them. It shows a lot how they're like negative actions in life, how like the, you know, all the crimes are kind of like, I, I guess, yeah, all the crimes they've committed affect the women around them because they seem to take the, the brunt of all of their actions. And I thought that was an interesting way to take the movie. Um, because Keith Carradine's character, he kind of goes, because he moves from outside the city into the city and he teams up with Joe Morton, becomes a criminal and that affects his uh, wife and their baby. And um, it's kind of about her spiral almost. Yeah. And it's kind of like two ends at the spectrum type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, cause at the beginning of the movie, Chris Christopherson's character, he was actually offered um, a role with the, uh, divine's group hilly blue they they uh they call it divine in this movie um and they said oh you should join hilly's gang so he had, he was very close to being a bad guy but mm-hmm. he was just kind of like no because he was a, he's a former cop and mm-hmm. he just he decides he doesn't want to do that and but you know right away keith carradine is like in a really desperate spot he wants to make money for his uh uh girlfriend or wife or whatever i don't know but they never but, say they never say, but it's him and his son. And he, like you said, he becomes a bad guy. So it kind of just at least gives you like the, like, oh, this could have been Chris Christopherson. It could have been him doing all these terrible things. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, she's, but she is kind of like at the center where they're both kind of, uh, well, Chris Christopherson's just like infatuated with this woman. And yeah. just <laughs> like, and he's a real He's kind of a creep. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of, I mean, like, he seems like just a creep. It works with his character. Like, they have dinner together. He has, like, this move where he just, like, yanks her chair and pulls him, pulls her closer. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, well, he goes, well, because they're, she's sleeping out, like, in a little camper outside. And mm-hmm. he keeps, like, banging on the window. He's like, hey, I know you're in there. Come have dinner with me. And he, like, starts trying to open all the doors and windows. And I'm just thinking... Which, you know, it goes with the tone of the movie, so it works. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I was just thinking, I'm like, I think just put some really scary music in here. This would be like <laughs> a, a suspense thriller. No, it would. Because like- <laughs> it goes on for a long time, too. He's like standing. He's like, I'm not going to leave till you talk to me. It's a long scene. <laughs> and yeah. this is after he kicks her man's ass right outside of the trailer. So, yeah, I mean... It, 
it's definitely like it, it's got this weird tone and that's the thing about this movie this movie is really silly at times but it's like really yeah. sincere about it I, I it's hard to say well like yeah because this movie it like you said is very super serious but we're jumping ahead really far but yeah uh the the, there's a big shootout scene like towards the end of the movie mm-hmm. at a in a mansion and it is one of the silliest shootouts i've ever seen in a movie yeah it's like a it's a it's like a old school comedy bit people are like running around flailing their arms it 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 came out of nowhere because um i guess spoilers this is the end of the movie but i think we'll be fine divine gets shot in the head and then one of her henchmen freaks out, pulls out his gun in the middle of a party and just shoots a random guy in the party that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. And they just, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then they're just, some guy is just firing his gun like in the air. And then like mm-hmm. someone gets like a painting thrown at them. And like, people are just like outside, just they're running away, but keep falling down. And mm-hmm. like, and then Chris Christopherson and Keith Carradine are in the middle of it. And they're just so nonchalant about walking <laughs> out. They're just kind of casually walking out, even though they, they're the ones that caused this big shootout yeah, to happen. I loved it. Keith Carradine in particular, because he just found out Chris, Cro- Chris Christopherson uh, banged his, his woman. And he just walks out. He's like kind of mopey, sad, walking through, this, <laughs> through the bullets and everything. Right. And he, like, he gets into his car and he, pull, and he starts trying to pull out. But he's waiting for all these other cars to leave because everyone's freaking out and leaving the mansion. And he's just kind of sitting there just real pensively, just kind of reflecting. He's just like, ah, like just kind of deeply sighing and just, Mm -hmm. but he could tell he's like deep in thought too, despite all this chaos going around him. Mm -hmm. And speaking of silly, his look, I love his look in this movie. Keith Carradine's hair is, it rocks. Well, yeah, he shows up in the movie as, a young, real young, has like long straight hair, and then uh, I don't know how else to describe this hair, but he basically just has like this like bouffant, like beehive looking type of hair. Yeah, with a Clark Clint Kent swirl hanging down. It's very like fifties. That's that's what I would say. It's very fifties esque. Those uh, it reminds me of like those old powdered wigs, kind of, where it's like the big poofy uh, yeah. hair. But it's but he's blonde. But that's what it looks like. And but it, he's got like a little swirl, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really cool. Joe Morton's hair. He has like a little like strands of hair like sticking out. Whatever was up with that. I guess he did that on his own. I guess he showed up and was like, "Oh, I got an idea for my hair," and just did that. And I guess it stuck with the movie. <laughs> Maybe this is the uh, brother from another planet's actual planet, and that's why everybody's so weird. Everyone in this movie uh, is an alien. Got you, got you. So this is a prequel. I don't. I forget. I think brother from another planet was ju- was before this. So I guess yeah, it's a prequel. I can see it. Yeah, I can see it because Joe Morton in this. I, I love him in this because he is also very bizarre. He kind of narrates some parts of it he um I'm just gonna say he speaks in riddles too a lot of times and like mm-hmm. these really broad metaphors and then mm-hmm. uh he uh and he also is multilingual he, he could speak yeah. multiple languages a lot of people in this movie can that, it's it's never what, addressed that's what i found so interesting a lot of people spoke uh like uh asian languages i would say um and and especially they go to the space needle at one point 
and there's a lady there like giving a tour in the elevator and she speaks in a like Japanese and English. I don't know. It's it doesn't explain it, but it's like, oh, is are we in a future where Japan is kind of taken over the states or something? I it's interesting because it doesn't explain this. It's just like, oh yeah, this is just the world. Take it. We, you're not going to get anything else about it. Yeah, I, but yeah, it's just I, I I really love like the setting too. Like everything is like these really bright neon lights. Everybody mm-hmm. everybody has these real brightly colored outfits too. And mm-hmm. uh, not so much Chris Christopherson because he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of like the anti guy. He's kind of like the loner type. But yeah. but everyone else has like these really loud colors that they wear and with these suits. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it just looks really neat. It's kind of like kind of looks kind of old timey ish, maybe yeah. a little bit like like retro 50s. But it's like <laughs> it's kind of like uh <laughs> It's it to me. It's it reminds me of think of this movie's kind of set like in the the future setting of Back to the Future Two type yeah. of thing. Yeah, I would. That's like perfect, right? Like like when they go into the the fifties cafe. So it's like these people in like really weird outfits, but it's in this fifties <laughs> aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like the if the fifties were the future, kind of. It, it it's pretty it's pretty neat. Um, I know that's I know that's a really weird explanation, but you, <laughs> you'll have to see it to what we're, we're talking yeah, about. No, if you saw it, it your explanation's like perfect. Like Elijah Wood in that scene in Back to the Future Two looks like a lot of the characters in this movie. <laughs> I know it's too bad he wasn't in here to tell Chris Christopherson's like you have to hold that with your hands. That's like a baby's toy. <laughs> and he's holding a real gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not a hollow gun. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, that was something interesting it said in the future there's not a lot of future technology you feel like a lot of these movies do that it's like they're on weird computers and stuff no nothing quite like that no and i i don't think there really is anything super futuristic no Um, uh, but it's it's very clearly set in the future yeah no it it's definitely like one of those weird movies where like it, it somehow conveys hey it's the future but doesn't tell you in any way um i do want to the music in this is, is great it's like a jazz soundtrack um i wrote down the artist's name mark isham who's still making music to this day he did like judas and the black messiah and the unbearable oh, cool. way to being uh he, he's a great great musician and this is just very smooth jazzy what you'd expect from a neo-noir film it, it, that's the mood uh, yeah, the, it's it definitely is like a very mood setting type of movie that mm-hmm. not so much for like the stories entirely important. It's more of kind of like that mood setting type of thing. Yeah, that's that's what, what I got out of it. It's kind of a mood piece over anything. It, it a lot of people, some well, not a lot of people, but some people don't like this, and that's like mood and setting and feeling over story. It doesn't have like a crazy amount of substance. It asks a lot from you, but I, I think if you really sit there and let your let you sink into this world, it, it really hits in a different way that only a movie can. I feel like. Well, yeah, and I think it's kind of like one of those you really do have to immerse yourself into because there really is no exposition of like how these characters get to these get to this point in the beginning of the movie. They don't say why Chris Christopherson left the force or what happened really, or what mm-hmm. led to him being so depressed and everything. And 
uh, or, and then there's Keith Carradine. It doesn't say how he got in that spot or, you know, they don't do like that big romantic scene between him and his woman where it's like, Oh, this is how we met. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're so in love with each other and they're, they're pretty much on the rocks. Like as soon as the movie starts. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all it's very like, yeah, Hey, you're, you're going to follow some awful people. Let's, let's get to it. I was going to say there, there, there was a couple of stuff in there though. That was other funny lines in there that I did mm-hmm. like where, uh, well, okay. Well, so Chris Christopherson takes, uh, her on a date and he also has like a really messed up line at one point too where she's like begging him for help and he's like if i do this for you you become mine like i will own you yeah i heard that that was at the end i was like oh god oh no i was gonna say they set up stuff like that because earlier in the movie she's like can you get my baby back and he's like and she's like i don't have money i'll do anything he's like oh that's gonna work you know like ugh. Which he says that stuff, but he never acts on it ever yeah. with, with, with her. He does, I True. mean, he does fall in love with her, but he does say some pretty questionable things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, no, that's a, the main, but the main thing was he does take her out on a date and he's like trying to lighten the mood a little bit. And they're, they give him like these, like these drinks and it's a cocktail with a little umbrella. And he's like, yeah, see, this is a real fancy place. They even give you an umbrella to keep your drink dry. <laughs> yeah, that that made me laugh. Um, it, it was it was. I actually uh, I thought Chris Christopherson um, was actually pretty good in this movie. He actually played this role very. Actually, I think most people in this movie were pretty good. They they somehow nailed that fine line between like weird comedy and sh- playing it straight. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I for one, like I there's a lot of Keith Carradine movies that I do like, you know, mm-hmm. him in Nashville. He was in McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Uh, there's another one called the King of the North, which I liked him in. Um, he's been in a lot of, Oh yeah. He was in Dexter too, where he had like a huge role in that show. Yeah. Um, I, I looked up his credits before this cause he's been in so much, he's been in 120 different movies and that's not even like counting TV shows or anything. So he's a very prolific actor and he's been around for a while. And then uh, Chris Christopherson's been, <laughs> he was in like almost every single Western that was in this from the seventies type of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. And he was very, and also in the very infamous movie, Heaven's Gate. Yeah. He is in Heaven's Gate. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and I've never seen Heaven's Gate. That is on my like two watch list. That might actually be good for the show. It is a drama, but it's definitely an infamous drama. <laughs> If we did that one, that's a four-hour-long movie. We might have to make that the only feature that week, that the single true. feature week. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that that is true. But so Chris Christopherson worked with this director, Alan Rudolph, before this movie, and it was on the movie Songwriter with starring him and Willie Nelson, and it's about like oh. two country singer songwriters. Um, I don't know much about it, but I saw Willie Nelson and Chris Christopherson are in a movie together. And I thought that's just a silly idea. I'm guessing uh, Willie Nelson was not nominated for best actor or anything like that. No, unfortunately, even though he has, he, if you've ever seen um, Thief, Willie Nelson is really good in Thief. So oh, I have not, that would be a good one to do for the show. It, oh yeah. That would, it's a great movie. And yeah. We haven't done a Michael Mann one yet. So. No, and Michael Mann is chock full of great stuff. Uh, 
but anyway, going back to this, mm-hmm. uh, there was another funny thing too. Uh, well, not a funny thing, but like with her dealing with this baby all the time. Yeah. And I, like at first in the movie, like when they're when they're traveling to the city, she's holding this baby and just kind of slinging around. And, you could, and the baby's not moving at all. You definitely tell it's like a baby doll that she's just carrying yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another scene is when she goes to a, a baby store to buy a stroller. Yeah. <laughs> One of the and, oddest scenes in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I was like, why? Uh, I guess because they're just trying to, I guess they're trying to make it so this woman's basically hitting rock bottom. Yeah. At this point. Because her, her boyfriend or whatever has pretty much abandoned her and she's got this guy like trying to creep on her and she's got this job and she's trying to support this kid and and then she's just trying to buy her baby a stroller and the the guy's trying to sell her a stroller she has her baby in her arms and this guy's like (laughs) hey come in the back room i gotta show you something and so while she's holding her baby he tries to like make out with her while she's holding her newborn baby. Yeah. It's so gross. It is. It's disgusting. And like, you know, as soon as it happens, you're like, Oh God, what's going to happen here? Like, cause she's like, I can't afford it. And I guess every man after they hear, I can't afford it. They instantly jump to, Oh, okay. I know how you can pay for this one. Like, like everybody thinks like it's a porno or something. Well, I was on the sales. Like, I don't think there's not one good male in this movie no 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 good guys in this movie now that's actually i found like i said earlier i find that really interesting because it's about it it has like deeper like kind of hints at like men's like awful nature kind of destroying these women's lives because i mean that scene directly leads into her giving up her baby like she like drops him drops the baby off in a car and almost calls it quits but she regrets that choice very, very fast, which I found kind of odd. Right. Yeah, and that's how she basically begs Chris Christopherson to, like, get, get to find my baby, and mm-hmm. um, they do find it. And But once she finds the baby, you never see the baby again. This baby <laughs> is, like, never mentioned or seen again. <laughs> yeah, this baby's <laughs> just hanging out somewhere. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, I got him. We, we left him in the pen. He's fine. Yeah, he'll, he'll be good. Um, this movie has really cool model work. There's like shots of like overhead of the city and of cars and it's all done with like almost toy models. And it's not like they're trying to pass it off as it's the real thing. It's very stylish because they show people in close up and it's almost like just like a little clay toy. And I, I thought that was an interesting choice. I did too. I liked it, but it's revealed towards the end of the movie that it's uh, Chris Christopherson's character that's mm-hmm. making all these miniatures. Yeah. So it, it kind of, once you're like, oh, okay, that's why they did it. So, exactly. Yeah. Which is a really cool detail. But yeah, I like little stylistic choices like that where you're just like, why, why is it doing that? I don't know, but it looks cool. Yeah. Hey, it's cool. And you know what, Ryan? That's this movie in a nutshell. I don't know what they're doing, but it's cool. <laughs> you know, just, talk, I mean, Honestly, just talking about it more make me think like, you know what? Yeah, like I might, I definitely should rewatch this sooner than I think. And, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Uh, oh, uh, we didn't talk about uh, Divine's performance. She's really uh, yeah. good in this movie. Divine is great. She, she like, 
brings her normal silliness, like goofy humor. Because Divine, you know, she's such a funny person. But also, like, it's a really almost nuanced performance. She jumps from being very angry and, like, mean to being funny. Just, it, she's great in this. And one of her few non-drag roles. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I wish she would have been done a lot more, like, been a <laughs> yeah. villain type of roles. I think she would have been a lot good, really good for that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll, we'll have to cover more of her movies. Well, I mean, John Waters would be perfect for this show. Um, but yeah, no, Divine is, is awesome. I love her costume. Uh, the, the white hair on the sides and just the, mm-hmm. like, the bow tie and everything makes a really good uh, like underworld boss, surprisingly. Right. One other thing, too, that I, what I liked looking at is uh, how Joe, Joe Morton dies in this movie. Yeah. Like, one of the most creative deaths I think I could have seen in a movie where he gets, you don't see what happens to him because he's, he's in a room and then he's just kind of like praying and then all of a sudden he just starts screaming and, and the next time you see him, um, Chris Christopherson's out on the street and he sees like this car, but it's full of water. And then yeah. he's and Joe Morton is just floating on the inside of the car. They 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 drowned him in his own car. And then when he opens yeah. the door, his lifeless body just kind of flops out into the street. Yeah, I really like that because like so you hear like water when he goes up to the car, and it almost sounds like raining. And I'm looking at the scene. I'm like. It's not raining though. Why is there the sound effects of rain? This is really weird. And then the car is leaking a little bit of water out of it. Yeah. Um, before that, somebody dies by like another like Asian influence thing, like a almost bamboo trap where it's like bamboo spikes, like a Vietnam thing comes up and like like hit. Well, they find the body. It's like stabbed through a guy. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, like that kind of stuff where they don't explain any of that. Where you know, I I do know it's uh, Hilly Blue was the one that organized the hit mm-hmm. because uh, Joe Morton and Keith Carradine uh, were robbed this other rival gang boss, and Hilly Blue had to like basically didn't like say, "Oh no, I didn't. I'm going to kill these guys to prove that I have nothing to do with it." And mm-hmm. uh, that character too, the rival gang boss, he was a really weird character too because he had this one, he kept screaming about his bride and it's like this, I don't want to say little girl, but it was just this, it looked, she looked like a child, but, yeah. um, but, I, but I don't think she was. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the same thing. I was like, does he have a child bride? Because he like gives her jewelry and she's like, ooh, shiny, right? And, uh, and, just acts like a, a child. Um, but I love that. that He constantly calls her his bride, which is not his wife, not anything bride. He's like, no, my bride. It's very odd. Uh, and yeah, because later in the movie, he gets shot during that shootout. And he's he's kind of lying on the floor dying. And the his bride runs up to him. She's like, no, no, you can't die. He's like, I'm going to die. All of it's yours. And she's like, no, no, I don't want you to die. He's like, the house, the money, the yacht. She's like, oh, the yacht too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like it, that, 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 the ending was so weird because it, was, it added like this weird levity to it all. Like, oh yeah, it, it's kind of funny, isn't it? Like it lets you in, like, it's kind of funny. It's yeah, a- that's, 
I guess it was definitely one of the most creative shootouts I've seen (laughs) where I'm just like, I was not expecting that at all. (laughs) No. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want to say that about covers it for trouble in mind. Right. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I guess like, I honestly highly recommend checking out this movie. I think it's an underappreciated movie because I, I know not a lot of people have seen this or probably have ever heard of it. It's a really neat movie. I think it's really cool, very of its own. I've not really seen anything like that. And I love recommending things that are very unlike everything else. Yeah, it definitely is in tone with what we what we're trying to do is and discover movies like this where Mm-hmm. we would have never ever watched it or just trying to give it a little bit of extra attention that it didn't have before. Exactly. But yeah. So that's about it. Ryan, what are we going to be talking about on Thursday? Well, on Thursday, Nathan, we're going to be talking about 1955's the Phoenix city story. And that's spelled P H E N I X. That is intentional. Uh, unfortunately it is not streaming anywhere I'm very sorry but it's very cheap I can tell you it's only like three dollars to rent it and or in fact I think you could buy it for six dollars if you're feeling a little cheeky but uh, it's I if you want to follow along with us you know we'll talk about it regardless but uh, yeah just check it out be sure to send us an email over at driving double feature podcast at gmail dot com you can also tweet at us over at didf pod you can also follow us over there and finally we have a patreon if you want to support the podcast go ahead and subscribe over there um there is no exclusive content as of right now it would just be to help us out no exclusive content if you don't want to spend the money we're still here for you but until next time until next time